0: Now batting for the Cubs Corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located at 6169 North Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Great food. Obviously can't be in there right now to get it, but they are delivering and on Grubhub, so make sure to check out Coach's. Really fun episode today. I get to welcome back one of my favorite guests, Chris Emma. Thanks for coming back on the show, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today. I know you're uh, over at the score still doing some Bears stuff, so we'll start with that. I know a lot of our viewers are also Bears fans. So I just want to ask, what are you thinking? Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky on Sunday?
0: Yeah, you know, it'll be Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, They've not made it official We're reporting Wednesday evening here. They've not made it official yet. Uh, Matt Nagy simply has the luxury of time because Nick Foles is recovering from the hip pointer and not quite ready to return. So uh, Nagy said today that he's waiting for both quarterbacks to be healthy and at that even playing field before he can make a decision. And uh, basically read between the lines. Uh, Nagy knows that he doesn't have to declare a starting quarterback right now until – Foles is healthy, which may not be the case by Sunday. I mean, it looks like Fools might be missing this game, in which case Trubisky would be the starter, and Nagy can hold off on declaring a starter moving forward until after this game. He can, you know, if he really wanted to hold the option of starting foals beyond Sunday, then he has the right to do so as well. So uh, it looks like Trubisky's going to be the starter for, you know, their plans for the rest of the season. Um, But that's not quite set in stone just yet. I I would say it's a pretty good chance that Trubisky's the starting quarterback for Sunday night, and he's got a chance to rebound from, you know, the first few games of his season that proved disappointing, but also uh, some games that really kind of show the Bears have a better chance with him at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. He'll have a tough task against the Packers nonetheless, but it'll be good to see him um, back in action. We'll shift gears to the Cubs a little bit here. Um, this is, of course, the Cubs corner. The the biggest news from the last couple of weeks, and we talked about it on our last episode, but it's just so monumental for this franchise. Theo Epstein stepping down after nine years as the um, president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, officially taking over. I know this is something we all expected to to happen. Maybe not as soon, um, but we all kind of saw it coming. What's been your take of the whole uh, transformation so far?
0: Yeah, first of all, you know the Cubs knew they were just borrowing Theo Epstein. I mean, he, he lived through that philosophy of Bill Walsh, of that uh, you don't stay somewhere longer than ten years, and they understood that time was borrowed with him, and they wanted to make the most of it. They most certainly did. I mean, Theo Epstein redefined the Cubs from. You know, the proverbial lovable losers, as they always said, to a team that expects to win. And you think about these last couple seasons as proof of that, where, you know, the Cubs won the division this year. And this season was considered a great disappointment in a lot of respects, Um, even for a 60-game slate. I mean, you'll look back at this season and say that was a disappointing team. They were division champions Uh, last season. They had a winning record. They were coming off a run of great success. And they did not retain their manager, Hall of Fame manager, Joe Maddon. I uh, take it back to 2018, where they made the playoffs, fell short, lost in the Wild Card game. Another season considered as a disappointment. Um, and then even going back another year to 17, a year after winning the World Series, losing in the NLCS, yes, a stage in which any Cub fan would love to see their team. And was still considered not quite the disappointment of the last few years, but it was a letdown, certainly, off the World Series championship. Theo Epstein made the Cubs a team that expects to win. It doesn't just accept it by accident. Uh, He changed the course of this franchise now. And it's, of course, the task of Jed Hoyer to continue that success. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's going to be a difficult offseason. A lot of challenges ahead for this team and some difficult decisions. But first and foremost, you reflect on Theo Epstein's nine years with the Cubs. They were tremendously successful.
1: Yeah, I think that's the easiest thing you can say. There was a ton of success. Obviously, they got that World Series championship. And like you said, they kind of changed the general perception of the Cubs from, like you said, lovable losers into a team that expects to win. Um, but with that, the team didn't quite live up to those expectations these last couple years, like you said, even though great accomplishments for a franchise, uh, they they felt disappointing. Um, and, and so I guess we are going to tie it back into the Bears a little bit here. <laughs> Are the 2016 Cubs the 1985
0: Bears? Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll take you back first with a story uh, along those lines. Uh, it was uh, January of 2017. I was covering the. Uh, the senior bowl in mobile alabama and i was taking a flight back from their tiny airport and i ran into ron rivera the now current head coach of the washington football team who was a part of the 85 bears as a rookie linebacker at the time and uh we were talking i, I get to sit down with him and had the opportunity to kind of have a little dinner with him and he asked me you know knowing what my job is and he actually worked at the score uh back in the day before he got into coaching and he said do you think the Cubs are going to win multiple championships? This is fresh off the 16 World Series. And my response was, yeah. I mean, I think they're built to do it. They got the talent to do it. They're young. uh, They're energized. And I think they're going to win multiple World Series. And he said, you know, the reason why I ask is because I thought we, we being the 1985 Bears, were going to win multiple championships after that. And it all stuck with me watching the Cubs, you know, that 2017 season where they started out so slow, ultimately rallied back to win the NL Central, but it just wasn't the same team after 16. And I just thought more and more about what Rivera said. And yeah, it sticks with me, a team that... Really seem to have an opportunity, a window wide open for not just one World Series like that, what Theo Epstein hoped to accomplish, but multiple. I mean, you wanted to sustain success and sustain a championship run. Um, you can look at the fact that they only one won one as disappointing. You can also look at the fact that they finally won one as, you know, the thrill of a lifetime for a lot of Cub fans, but, um, I think if Theo Epstein was being honest with himself, he would say that you know he's certainly proud of 2016, but he regrets that they did not win more. And yeah, the parallels to 1985 are fair and they're real.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I I never heard that Rivera story, but you know that's one of the things they talk about in all of sports how hard it is to win again. Um, a lot of people from outside of the organization thought the Cubs kind of got fat and happy um, after their World Series win, never quite got back there. And now it seems like this team, although the window technically has one year left with a lot of these guys like Bryant and Rizzo, Baez and Schwarber, just to name a couple, um, with the change of manager to Ross and now the change of general manager, or should I say president of baseball operations from Epstein to Hoyer, it kind of seems like that window is, is more so closed and trying to reopen kind of in a different direction so now Hoyer takes over and a lot of reports are saying the Cubs are expecting a lot of roster turnover what's your take on that situation thus far?
0: It's inevitable. It's just a matter of who it is, how they do it, what the return comes back is. I mean, look, I mean, the Cubs have been fearing this twenty-one uh, window and the closing of you know this core four group for a while. They knew it when you bring up four young talents with cost control; uh, they're going to not only rise up together and find success together, but also see. Their contracts expire together, and this has been the reality that Theo Epstein and now Dan Hoyer have been facing for a number of years. I, I think uh, the Cubs' best opportunity was to trade a player away last offseason. Uh, now it's different. Uh, it, you know, obviously the Cubs could have never anticipated what was coming um, from the bigger picture, of course, with the COVID nineteen pandemic and the financial uh, disaster that's come with it, but also from the baseball perspective of. Chris Bryant, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, Javier, Bias, all having career worst years. I mean, their seasons were debacles But when you look at the back of the baseball card and what you expect and that's a huge disappointment uh from the big picture of you know, the trade opportunities that were there and now gone. I mean, the talk around Chris Bryant was they could not tenure him, which I don't think that makes any sense. I don't see that, but Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic put that out there a couple days ago. And think about the idea, uh, with respect to Brian's career that the Cubs brought him up and, uh, essentially extended his contract window that additional season. And they could eventually, uh, this offseason, cut off that final season that they pushed for because they don't think he's worth the cost. Uh It, it really would kind of underscore the financial difficulties that the Cubs are having, which are real. I know nobody's going to cry for something like a Tom Ricketts who's a billionaire owner, but uh, he has financial shortcomings that must be addressed. And the Cubs have... Already made significant layoffs on the business side. Now there's going to be a financial fallout on the baseball side, and they're going to hope to get something worthy back for Bryant or Bias, whoever it may be. Bryant's the one that's certainly being talked about right now, but uh, you're not going to get anywhere near the return you would have gotten a year ago.
1: Yeah, and and before we get into the the players who stays, who goes, um, in a little bit, I just want to say. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but with Theo stepping down, that gives Jed Hoyer an extra $10 million to play with because Theo won't be making that money this year. And obviously you said a lot of layoffs in terms of front office and scouting and those type of things. Do you expect that $10 million to maybe go toward kind of restocking that, um, that scouting department and, and the, the front office, or do you see it more so going into maybe Javier Baez's pocket with an extension?
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I I don't have a good answer for you there, but I'll add to that uh, as well. The tax credits that the Cubs are getting for Wrigley Field becoming a historic landmark. It's in excess of $100 million. That goes back to... The ricketts family so uh there's a little bit coming back i i tom ricketts said a couple days ago that the cubs were expecting this and uh their finances don't uh, change considerably uh maybe it might spare a couple jobs in terms of the business side Uh, so many jobs are effective within the Cubs organization i think their pr staff is now down to one or two at this point on on the baseball side you know their head of pr uh was laid off another member of their pr staff was laid off and uh, you know, you can look at this about any department that lost is, is some people, and you have to replace some, uh, you know, some workers on those sides. So, um, it's a lot of uh, really difficult and complex business decisions for Tom Ricketts and his staff to make.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There. So, I mean, you mentioned Brian; he's been the guy that's been most um, talked about here. And and see, for me, there's a two sided coin, and it might just be a little bit optimistic. But so obviously, the first side is. These four guys that we've talked about, Rizzo, Schwarber, Bryant, and Baez, like you said, are coming off of career-worst years. They're coming into an offseason where their stocks are arguably as low as they've ever been. So for the Cubs trying to maximize return, it might make more sense to let these guys play through maybe the trade deadline and trade when teams are a little bit more desperate and maybe these guys have been playing a little better, no?
0: Uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's probably their better opportunity to raise the value on some of these players. But um, you're also putting yourself right up against that final deadline to get something back. The Cubs are going to get something back. Chris Bryant's the name that keeps being put out there. Uh, I'm not reporting this. Others are reporting it, so I'm going to trust in that. And I'm just going to move under the assumption right now that Chris Bryant is going to be playing for another team right now. The, the Washington Nationals are discussing – Uh, possibilities for brian that that's been a name that's been reported out there and i think a market is going to ultimately emerge but uh it's also really complex uh because all these teams are sorting through their own financial crises in some form and it you know it might be apples to oranges compared to the cubs but um you've seen what one major move right now on the free agent market with charlie morden going to the braves and it's going to be a very very slow market uh that's expected coming off this kind of season. It obviously trading is one opportunity to do so, but I don't think you're gonna see a trade immediately for one of these core players, but the Cubs will be shopping and they should take their time. Absolutely. You compare an opportunity on a package for Brian to that of Biden. I think at this point you're prioritizing what you can get back in return as opposed to which player you covet more.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. You definitely want to maximize what you can get out of these guys. And the other point of the other side of that coin that I was talking about, so this might just be the optimism of a Cubs fan here, but wouldn't it make a little bit more sense for for maybe these players who are coming off of bad years, they know that their stock is not as high as it maybe was a year ago or two years ago, and the uncertainty of the economics of free agency Would that make it a little bit easier for the Cubs to extend a guy like Bryant or Baez? Maybe Baez more so because he's not represented by Boris?
0: Yeah, that's the other side of the coin. I, I think, uh, as I said, I think one or maybe two of these core players will be traded. Probably just one. Uh But I think also one or two uh will be extended. I think that's what you're looking at this offseason. I, I, I would be surprised if Anthony Rizzo was not on the Cubs for the 21 and 22 seasons. I'll go beyond that. I think Anthony Rizzo will get another contact with the Cubs because – they cherish him, uh, they value him, and I don't think they want to let him go. Uh, I think the players who are not traded this offseason will get an extension. Probably, you know, it's a really good point, probably at some point in this off season, because there's an opportunity to do so. And at the same time, you can also rework some of the finances with some of these players who might be making in excess of $10 million, maybe near $20 million, uh, where you can ease some of the financial burden for this 21 season and push that back toward the end of a contract window, say in 2016. 27, 28, uh, it's an opportunity for the Cubs to kind of offset some of the costs for this season and move forward with a more clear financial picture when ideally uh, those financial losses will be put back in the pocket of Ricketts and the Cubs.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that's a good point too. So I'm going to ask you about these four core players. I'm going to add Contreras to it. Um, and I'm just going to just really quick, each player, you tell me whether or not you think he'll be on the team on the Cubs team come opening day 2021. We'll start with Chris Bryant.
0: No, I think he will be traded. I think there's going to be a market for him. I think a lot of teams are be, going to be willing to buy low on a player who had a really uh, difficult season in twenty in 2020. And I, I don't think 2020 was a reflection of Chris Bryant as a player. He's going to bounce back very strong.
1: I I agree with you there. I think he'll definitely bounce back. I'm hoping it's in Cubs pinstripes, but I am with you. I don't necessarily think it will be. You already talked about this one. How about Anthony Rizzo?
0: Yeah, I I think he's a Cub. I don't know if you can call him a Cub lifer because he was a Padre for a hot minute, but I think he's a Cub rest of lifer. I think they want to keep him around as a part of this organization for the rest of his career. I mean, you think about the impact that he brings to the lineup, his defense at first base, um, most important of all is leadership within the clubhouse. That's somebody you just – you can't imagine the Cubs without him right now and certainly don't want to imagine that moving forward.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, Rizzo is on the team in 2021. How about Kyle Schwarber?
0: I, uh, I'm going to say yes for 21, but a maybe for beyond that. I know that was one of the categories. But, I mean, uh, I think the designated uh, hitter idea kind of shifts some of that for Schwarber. Now, he's been an excellent uh, – uh, arm in left field. And his defense is becoming a plus level. Not going to be a gold glover ever. Uh, but he's also a player who might not age gracefully in terms of defense. So um, he has to rebound as well offensively. I think he'll do so. I think he's going to be the Cubs left fielder probably for the next several seasons and maybe the designated hitter at some point beyond that if and when the NL has the DH permanently.
1: Gotcha. I initially thought um, heading into this offseason Schwarber would be most likely to go But I also don't really know what a market for Schwarber would look like at the moment. So I'll say he's on the team in 2021. I also think, out of all those guys, I think Schwarber would be most likely to get non-tendered. But like you said, that also wasn't one of the options. How about Javier (laughs) Baez?
0: Yeah, I think Javier's going to be with the Cubs long-term. I mean, I think they really value – they seem as a superstar, and this season, like – You know, those first three guys that we talked about, it wasn't really a reflection of the kind of player that he is. But I think they still see him as a rising and ascending player in this league. And he's still a young player. Um, You know, he's kind of a late bloomer. I mean, obviously, it took several seasons for him to emerge into the player that he's become. But uh, I think he comes up high hopes for Javier Baez uh, as a part of their future for a while. And when we talk about the contract extension possibilities, I think, that's the player who could get extended this offseason.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Baez gets extended. Another another reason why I think he won't get traded is because I don't see a lot of these players or a lot of these teams giving to get a shortstop when in just one more season that shortstop class hits the open market. Of course, Javi is part of that class, but I believe also Trevor Story, Francisco Lindor, um, Carlos Correa, just to name a couple. So I, I have a funny feeling that it might be a little bit quiet in terms of bias, in terms of trade offers. And the last one here, probably the guy who would generate the most in terms of return but also might be the most valuable to the Cubs right now, Wilson Contreras.
0: Yeah, I, I think he, uh, I think people float him out there for trades, but I think he's there for 21. And he's extremely valuable. When you think about the baseball modern-day catcher right now, it's about framing and defense first and whatever you can get from the bat you take. Uh, he's become, he was always a terrific bat. That's, there's no question about that. But Wilson Contras has really become a top tier defensive catcher. Um, Craig Driver, their new hire, uh, last season did some terrific work with him on the framing side of things. And he's become one of the better framers in baseball. And he coupled that with the kind of bat, uh, that you want to see in the middle of the order. Wilson Contreras has emerged into the combination that you don't see too often now in a modern-day game of uh, that explosive bat and somebody who can really do all the things you want behind the plate. So uh, it would have to take a lot. I think out of all the players that the Cubs offer, including on the pitching side with a guy like you, Darvish, I think Wilson Contreras would uh, command the biggest kind of return. And I don't know if the Cubs want to part with him.
1: Yeah, I that's what I think. I think he could be the, the biggest return and it might be an attractive idea because you've got Amaya coming up and Caratini who can hold the spot for a, a year or two. But I think this is a guy that really gen, generates a lot of energy, a lot of pop for this team. And for a, a team that needs to make some money on their new network, he's a guy that can sell tickets and get people to to tune in. So I think they keep uh, a guy like Contreras, at least for now.
0: Yeah, it just makes sense. I, I, I don't think you want to get rid of that guy.
1: And then uh, the... BBWAA, hopefully I got that right, announced uh, their <laughs> awards last week. Obviously, two Cubs were nominated. You Darvish placed second in Cy Young voting. David Ross, third in Manager of the Year voting in the National League. Any gripes with those decisions?
0: No, that's fair. I, I think Darvish is right there up until... Uh, he had one of those starts late in the season that kind of inflated his ERA a little bit, where Trevor Bauer was kind of lights out. and uh, Yeah, no gripes to that at all. I think David Ross certainly deserved to be in consideration for that manager of the year spot. and uh, it, That's one of the silver linings of a 2020 season that, while well, you know, they get to hang a banner as division champions. It, you look at the season as kind of a letdown. But what David Ross showed as the manager is really something that can inspire the Cubs moving forward. Of You know, he's still a guy in his early 40s who you hope is your manager for a long time uh he showed an excellent command leading the team in the clubhouse a tremendous understanding in the game that he could apply uniquely to each player into his lineup or his pitching decisions uh as somebody who watches baseball closely and certainly watches the Cubs very closely, there were not many times where I was questioning a David Ross decision within a game. And uh, I, I thought he did a really uh, outstanding job of working the bullpen, making some difficult decisions, uh, handling a lineup that really had so many challenges throughout. And, you know, that was one of the big positives of the season for the Cubs is that they could feel really good about their manager.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the catcher in him made managing the pitching staff uh, definitely a strength for this team, especially since even a year ago, there were a lot of people questioning Joe Madden decisions on the daily. Um, Can't argue that he's a Hall of Fame manager, but I'm sure the Cubs like what they have so far in David Ross. And Jed Hoyer obviously had his introductory press conference just the other day. Um, talked about how there is going to be some turnover in the roster, but the division doesn't appear incredibly strong. So before I let you go, Chris, I want to ask, where do you see the Cubs finishing in 2021?
0: That's a fascinating question. I, I think they will be... It's so hard to say, man. I'd like to say they'd be a winning team uh, because I think they're going to come back with so several members of that core. You might be able to, as we mentioned, rework things uh, financially and maybe even add a player where you can fill some of the voids and weaknesses of this team from the past few years. But all that being said, it is so difficult to try to thread the needle between rebuilding and contending. And this is a decision that's gotten a lot of teams in trouble for the long term, is trying to balance the opportunity of contention while restocking the farm system, it's why teams like to tank as opposed to uh, you know, trying to do this, because you go all in on one route or all in on contending. Uh, Jed Hoyer has to be really strong with his front office in identifying talent through the draft uh through the waiver wires, you know, through the like recycling bins, the way that a team like the Dodgers has, for example. Uh Jed Hoyer has a lot of challenges to add talent within this organization because there's not a lot of talent in the minor leagues right now. Uh if the Cubs want to make this work where three, four years from now, you're talking about them competing for the NL Central title still they're going to have to get a lot of these decisions right here. And it starts with this the season with a critical period, a critical next few months for Jed Hoyer and his new baseball operations department where, you know, it starts with that trade of a guy like a Chris Bryan and what you can get back in return. Uh, I think they're going to come back still very competitive. I think the NL Central will be wide open enough for the Cubs to be right there. Uh, but I don't see them being a legitimate World Series contender unless they significantly upgrade this roster. And there are very few ways they can do that this offseason
1: yeah they're a little hamstrung in terms of money but i agree i think the division will still be for the taking but for jed hoyer brand new at this job it's uh it's a crucial offseason for him and the future of the cubs i think but with that chris i'll let you go enjoy your thanksgiving and uh enjoy sunday with hopefully mitch starting at qb and the bears getting the w in uh green bay
0: yeah happy thanksgiving man i appreciate you having me on
1: Thanks, Chris. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. Thank you all for listening. As always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar & Grill and is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.